glad you're joining us today for RC Teacher Talk, a podcast focused on amplifying the educator's superpowers in Royce City ISD. Listen as Angela Arledge and Lisa Pogue chat with teachers. We're excited to be back with you for this episode of RC Teacher Talk. I'm here with my co-host Angela Arledge and today we are talking about something that is near and dear to my heart, which is growing future educators. Well, you know, that is a great topic and something that's very important, but let's talk about something that's the most important thing, and that is food, because today is September 15th, and if you didn't know, it is National Double Cheeseburger Day. I mean, does it get any better than that? Cheeseburgers are pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my favorite places to get a delicious burger is uh, Freddy's. I don't know if you've ever tried Freddy's before, but they have a new one in Greenville and then they have one in Terrell. Oh, I didn't know there was one in Terrell. Mm-hmm. We, we make pit stops on the way to the lake. Um, and then my all-time favorite and my kids' favorite, which is always a bonus, is Brahms. Brahms burgers reminds me of my grandparents. Um, my grandfather loves some Brahms. Um, that's where he would do a lot of grocery shopping, but he would always um, get his burgers there. And so I do have a love for Brahms burgers and the bag of burgers that I used to get for my kids when they were little. I'm actually pretty picky when it comes to fast food burgers, Um, so this might be a little bit of controversial in Texas, but my two favorites are Whataburger and In-N-Out, and I know that Texas people are like, oh no, you have to like only only like Whataburger, not like In-N-Out, but to me they're different, and it depends on what type of mood I'm in, which one I want, because they're just kind of different, but... um, the best burgers are the smash burgers that my husband makes on the Blackstone. So I'd much rather have those, but if I have to go have um, fast food, I'm going to choose Whataburger or In-N-Out. Yeah, yeah, those are good ones. But, you know, I, I don't really, uh, I don't know if I've ever really tried the In-N-Out burger in Rockwall. Oh have to give it a try yeah i need they're to they're also reasonably priced okay so good to know. maybe get, that's why the drive through line's always yeah, backed I up to can, costco <laughs> uh, get a meal there for a lot less expensive than at whataburger yeah <laughs> so as much as we could sit and talk about burgers all day <laughs> let's talk about our real topic which is education and just the importance of it and the teachers and um you know, every year our state tracks data about teachers. So whether it be how many teachers are coming into the profession, how many teachers got certified, how many teachers left, whatever the case may be, lots of data about it. And one thing that we have learned from that data is that teacher teachers are leaving the field at a really high rate. Yes. Which is unfortunate. It's so unfortunate because education is important. Yes. And so we've noticed in the past several years that um, teacher retirement, there's more um, teachers that are receiving teacher retirement. Also, um, I, I looked up a statistic that said that there's been more than a 3% increase of teachers leaving the profession. And you you kind of have to stop and think and ask yourself, okay, was it COVID? But now we're kind of like at normalcy a little bit um, when it comes back to, or when you think about schools. And so a lot of the COVID protocols and stuff no longer exists. So I don't really think that that's necessarily the case. So Lisa, what do you think is the reason why we're, we're seeing this teacher shortage? Well, there is a little bit 
still related to COVID in that we have um, still when teachers get sick, which we've, we've already had this year, they have to be gone for, you know, five days at least. And there's a sub shortage. So then that puts pressure on the rest of the team to try to cover the classes. So there's a tiny bit of it, but mm-hmm. not a lot. Um, and so it's really a loaded question. Um, and one of my soapboxes and the bottom line is teaching is just hard. Yes. <laughs> and unless you live with an educator or you've been an educator or have an educator in the family, people just really don't realize how hard it is. I can, you know, my husband would tell his friends at work, you know, things. And a lot of times they just didn't believe it because they think, Oh, teaching so easy, get off the summers, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's just hard. It's a hard career. Um, and I do think that a lot of people saw that when we had to, you know, shut down. Um, and with the online schooling, but what's weird to me, is because you would have thought that with that happening, that people would have all of a sudden had this appreciation for teachers, which they did as far as things that they would say, you know, and publish. Oh, you know, but we didn't really make any changes after that, you know, um, instead of actually putting in more supports because we realized what a hard job it was. The trend has become a lot more public scrutiny and criticism. And I think for people that, work really hard at what they do and really pour their heart into it. There's a lot more, you know, regulations from the States that it's just disheartening, you know, when people are criticizing or judging you on, you know, what you may or may not talk about in the class and, you know, you just kind of have to walk on eggshells is, you know, what book am I going to choose? Or is this topic too controversial? And, you know, you kind of can't be yourself. So I think that's a part of it. Um, People get into education because they want to make a difference. And when you feel, for lack of better words, handcuffed and not able to make a, you know, make a difference or, you know, feel like you're supported, then it becomes not worth it anymore. Um, So, you know, there's a lot of things outside of the school that are making education hard now. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes our community or parents are not, and not necessarily Roy city, but just in general, general. um, they, they look at decisions made and they think that it's coming from administration, but they might not realize that it's actually coming from the state and there's nothing we can do about it. Like our hands are tied. Right. And we're just, you know, our administration is just trying to do the best they can based on what the state has said and how are we going to figure that out. And a lot of times, sometimes it's just a little unreasonable because we don't get extra money for the extra teachers. Like, you know, if they're wanting some type of tutorials and they're limiting it, um, you know, with there's, you can only have 11 kids in this tutorial group. Well, where's the other stuff going to come from? Right. You know, you're not giving me any extra money to hire the extra staff. And so, um, that's definitely true that they don't realize that a lot of it comes from the state. And then sometimes you can't, so you can't win sometimes with the public because, you know, on one hand you have parents who want the school to be more of a safe place. And obviously we as educators here in the building want it to be a safe place. Um, and we implement things that are making it a safe place. And then, then you hear, you know, kids or, or 
and sometimes parents, you know, like, well, they're treating them, you know, like it's a prison. So it's like, do you want us to be more safe or do you, you know, it's like you can't win for losing because your um, audience is so big and so widely dispersed. So it's just, um, it's hard. It just goes with that, you know, things being hard. And um, I think for a professional job, you know, people really stop and think about it. We are professionals like doctors or lawyers or, you know, we've gone to school. You cannot be a teacher if you don't go to school. You not only have to have a degree, but you have to have a certification. You have to go take a test. You have to pass the test. Um, you have to read multiple tests. You have to renew your certifications. You have to keep up with PD. I mean, we're professionals and you can't do the job if you don't have all those things, but the pay and the benefits aren't necessarily at a professional level. And so you do it because it's in your heart. And I mean, I've always loved being an educator. And as I get closer to the age when I can retire, um, I really hope that I, you know, continue to advocate for educators and help grow up our next generation because it, I've never been disappointed with my career choice. Like I've never second guessed it. Um, and I would hate to see the joy come out of that for other people whose heart, you know, was into teaching. So, um, I guess I'm going to step down from my soapbox now, Angela. You asked a big question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is definitely challenging. But one thing that we know is that kids need teachers. For sure. They don't need computer screens. They need teachers. They need role models. They need love and support. And uh, a lot of these students get that from home, which is wonderful. But they just need somebody else too, you know, when they need interaction and they need someone to help them navigate, um, correct ways to interact, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's just so much more to it than the academic side. And I think about my journey in education and I think I just, I take pride in it because, um, I just feel like it's a great way to give back. You know, Mm -hmm. you're giving back to your community, you're, you're growing minds for the future. You're investing in these kids, not just teaching them things, but teaching them all aspects of life. And so it is a great way to give back and very, very rewarding. And one thing that I love, um, in education too, is that you are a lifelong learner. Oh, for sure. You, it's always changing. Technology is always changing. Um, teaching strategies, the way we teach, everything is constantly changing curriculum, all of that stuff. And so educators have to continue to be lifelong learners for their whole time that they're involved in their career. Um, and so I love that. Um, and actually today we are, go- we are getting to chat with a teacher from Royce city high school who is growing our own students, um, as, as educators and just really providing great quality teachers to enter into our field. And hopefully we can get past this teacher shortage and we can, um, we can provide those wonderful teachers to teach our kids. So let's don't waste any more time. Today we're sitting down with Lizzie Watson. She is a teacher at Roy City High School who has a really fun job working with um, our perspective, hopeful educators. But um, Lizzie, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and introduce yourself to our guests? All right. Well, thank you. Yes, I do have a wonderful job of working with future educators. Um, So a little bit about me. This is my 12th year with Roy City ISD. 
Um, I started out as a paraprofessional, and then I got a job as a special education teacher at Ruth Cherry, um, where I did inclusion and resource reading for five years, and then um, life happened, and now I'm here at Roy City High School, which um, I feel like my experience helps me with my new position because I'm able to kind of understand how education works and all the different kind of sides to it. So, yeah, it's a fun job. Love it. Yeah. I guess yeah. I didn't realize that you started out as a paraprofessional. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah, so um, actually I started as a substitute, mm-hmm. and then um, the principal at the, which was Roy City Middle School, hired me. As a para. And wow. then I did one-on-one with a kiddo with autism. Oh, very cool. Um, and so were you going to school while you were a paraprofessional? Or did you already have a degree and do uh, like alternative certification? I actually had a degree in fashion merchandising from Tarleton. And then um, after subbing, I decided I wanted to get into education. And I did. I went through the alternative certification program. I teach Texas. Yeah. And you just recently graduated with your master's yeah. degree. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So now um, my program has grown and blossomed into Grow Your Own. That's so awesome. where we're growing our own teachers, and which is so fun to see them go from freshmen to seniors and ready to take on the world of yeah. education. And tell our listeners, so you got your master's specifically so that you could do one more step to help those prospective educators. Yes. So tell them about that. So in order to teach, um, like, college-level classes, in order for them to get their associate's degree, I had to go and get my master's in education. So I spent about two years getting that. So that way they can go through me and have a face-to-face and having, instead of having to do those classes online, which I feel like is better for kids. Oh, for sure. Um, so Lizzie, tell us a little bit about your family. You have a, I know you have a daughter and we hear lots about her, but let our listeners know about your family at home. Well, um, I do. I have a daughter. She's eight years old and she is sassy and spunky and she loves anything cheerleading, um, gymnastics and tumbling. She's very into that. She actually goes to the new Ruth Cherry School, which is really neat because I've got to see inside of the new building. So it's been a lot of fun to watch her grow and to go into that new school. It's beautiful. Oh, my gosh. Has she gotten to slide down the slide? Yes. Yes. And she's so funny because I guess the other day, like, they give out passes to slide down the slide over there. So she got to a pass to slide down the slide. That's so cool. So I think it's really cool that they have that to make reading in the library. Just open up that world of reading for those kiddos. And then um, my husband, he's actually um, an HVAC technician. So he teaches at Lincoln Tech. um, Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. So he started out as just a typical HVAC technician for Hobby Lobby, and now he teaches it. That's awesome. Wow. Two so, educator families. Yes, we're both educators. <laughs> That's yeah. great. That's so great. it was kind of funny when he started, because we would kind of chat about how interesting education can be sometimes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That's for sure. So you did say education can be interesting, and this first day of school jitters um, also yes. are very interesting. So our question of the month this month is, um, what is your one of your best memories from school? It can be college, elementary, high school, 
What's one that just really resonates with you? Well, um, thinking back, um, my art club teacher, um, I took art in high school, and she really took me under her wing and knew that I wanted to do fashion. So all of her lessons were incorporated to what I wanted to do at the time, coming out of high school. So anything that I did was fashion-related, and she really helped me like sketch stuff and kind of get all that and clothing she let me do like a clothing line and so wow, it was just, it was just really really neat because I felt like she truly cared about her kids mm-hmm. and let us fly and yeah. do what we truly wanted to do so tailored it around to your interests yes and, and yeah. she did that with a lot of her kiddos so I think it she took art and made it fun and interesting for all the kids around her. So that's kind of one of my favorite memories. And then just being like in student council in high school and college and just having fun and, you know, getting the school spirit and pumping everybody up. So those are probably two of my biggest memories. I think those experiences for you also reflects in your classroom now. Yeah. Um, Because I can tell that like you do try to make your classes where um, it's engaging for those students and, and builds on their interests. And um, also you have just really, really great school spirit. And I enjoy seeing you dress up for spirit days (laughs) and um, you do have great fashion too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That makes sense. That makes sense why she's always so cute. (laughs) Well, Abby tells me sometimes she's like, what are you wearing? I'm like, Hey, who has the degree? (laughs) (laughs) What do you know? Little girl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, you know, but it's fine. I love it. I, love uh, it. I always love that how we learn new things about people when we sit down yes. to do the interviews, things that we didn't know before. Yes. Um, so one of the whole reasons we started RC Teacher Talk was to let teachers brag about themselves because they're not really that, we don't do that often enough. Um, and so we'd like to know, uh, Lizzie, what do you think you do best as an educator Um, I feel like just building those relationships is something that I do. Um, and just being a safe spot for my kids when they just need somebody to talk to when they're having a bad day and they just need a cool off moment just to be able to come. And even if it's just for like a cup, just to get a cup of water, um, just knowing that they can always come to me and be that safe, that safe Mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you. I mean, you always have kiddos in your room, so you definitely build those relationships. I hope so. <laughs> yes. Do you feel like there's a difference between um, the type of relationships you build here at the high school versus when you were at uh, the middle school or Ruth Cherry? Um. Yes, because uh, I feel like here um, they're growing into adults. Mm-hmm. As where I think middle school and elementary, they just kind of go through the motions of school. As we're here, they're really truly finding out what they want to do after life, Mm -hmm. after high school. And I think being able to, they're able to be more talkative and you can talk to them about life. And they have those raw emotions Mm -hmm. right then or they're going through something that you can truly help them. As we're middle school and high school, or I'm sorry, elementary and middle school, it's not really like that. They just kind of go through the motions. And as long as you love them and talk to them, you know, elementary school is kissing those boo-boos. Yeah. (laughs) And noses. (laughs) Yes. And then, you know, it's like middle school is such an awkward, we talk about that a lot in my class. It's such an awkward stage. You know, they're having a bad day because their friend 
went to a new friend group or, you know, like you're just middle school is such a time where you're learning about you and who you are and developing those friendships. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, yeah, it's very different. Yeah. And that's a lot of what we talk about in my class is how different elementary kids are middle school and then high school. It's just that last little hump before you graduate. Yeah. And you're in the real world. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's funny, you know, because I have three little girls. And so um, I can definitely tell, like, at their ages, everything is so dramatic and yeah, over gosh. the top and the end of the world. Yes. And not that it's not that way sometimes for high schoolers, too. But <laughs> but at least, like, they, they, they're they mature enough that where they can understand, you know? Yes. yes as where they're little, they don't have that maturity yeah. yet. Yeah. <laughs> so everything is, is drama. Yeah, it's the little things, too. Yeah. <laughs> So um, I know that as educators, especially coming from um, a family of educators with you and your husband, there's quite a few challenges that we come across. So what is one thing that you want um, our audience to know that um, is a challenge that you face or just educators in general? Um, I mean, I think educators generally just uh, face getting to know those kids that are shut down or maybe not knowing how to help them. And I think that that's something that we struggle with is they come to you, but then you don't know how to fix it. And then you try to find that person, the counselor or whomever might be able to also just parent involvement Mm -hmm. is a struggle with education. I feel like in elementary school, parents are very involved. And then in high school, some parents kind of trickle off just because mm-hmm. they're like, okay, you know, it, you're responsible now, but we still want them to be involved and to help us. Mm-hmm. But um, I just love how you're at the high school. We just started our PTO. And so I think that's great to have PTO back now at I do the too. high school level. Cause that, I think if you have parent involvement, it truly helps the culture and those kiddos. Mm-hmm. And one thing just coming from being a parent of teenagers now, young adults, but they don't always want you to do things at the school. Yes. My son was kind of that one. So I would have to tell his debate coach, like, whatever you need, just let me know and I'll bring it because he's not going to tell me. And, you know, he doesn't want to be embarrassed that I bring things or, you know, he didn't want to give teacher gifts. So I try to drop them off in the boxes. So <laughs> some of it is that the parents are like, oh, I'm just tired. And now they're adult, you know, they're many adults and they can take care of themselves. But the other part, it, the other side of that, and I know it is that. Sometimes the kids don't want their parents up here. Um, So hopefully with the, like you said, the PTO, with having more parents up here, it won't be like a stigma. And then I think the intention is to grow it as a parent-teacher-student organization over the years. I mean, we've got to take baby steps. Absolutely. But it's growing and uh, seeing we have like five or six parents that are dedicated. So oh, I think wonderful. it's wonderful to start seeing that because kind of like you said, it is it's like 50 percent are embarrassed because they don't want yeah. mom, dad, you know, whoever their caregiver is to come up to the school. And then the other half is, OK, you're a big kid now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do your thing. Yes. <laughs> and then I think it's harder to get parents just because each individual activity that the kids are in have like their booster club, you know, cause oh, yes. there's the FFA parents and there's the band boosters and the golden Debs and the athletic boosters. And so they're kind of, it's hard to get them all together and not tap out parents who are working and, but it is so important. And especially I think the larger we get yeah. to have mm-hmm. more parents be involved for sure. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about technology. Um, so Lizzie, 
what are, you know, incorporating technology is super important um, for our kids. And then you're raising up a generation of future educators that will for sure have technology, not just as a part of how they take their rest of their classes and even do now. um, But also um, we don't even know how that's going to change. So what are some struggles that you've faced with incorporating technology? Um, Well, number one is it doesn't always work. Mm -hmm. You know, that frustration, um, it doesn't happen a lot, but when it does, you know, like if the internet's down now, Mm -hmm. you can't, that video that you were going to show, you know, or just the little things and, um, you know, just being able to tweak it and also just learning the different technologies. And that's one thing that, um, I've learned a lot of colleges say that kiddos don't know is even just like the simple things like Google Classroom. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, by exposing them and with COVID happening, it's really made teachers branch out to use technology. And I think that that's definitely helped and that it's okay if it doesn't work, you know, um, just work through it Mm -hmm. and then, you know, your students will have grace. Yeah, even like the vulnerability of it as well, you know, because you are kind of taking a risk when you Mm -hmm. incorporate it, because especially when you're incorporating something new, you know, you, it might not work. And like, I know there's been times where I've gotten in front of the entire high school staff and I'm like, okay, that didn't work. Okay. Take two, you know, like, and it's just, you just kind of have to take that risk and that chance. But I think that also on the flip side of it, if students kind of see you fail at it, they're going to be like, Oh, okay. Like it's, it's okay that it doesn't work every single time. Exactly. And I think, especially with my program, like I like sometimes when it doesn't, because then I stay calm and cool. Yeah. They stay calm and cool. And then it's, like, okay, you know, because it's going to happen, especially yeah. in education. You're not going to have every day. It's not going to be glorious. And you come in and I mean, for, you know, especially living by I-30, you never know. A wreck could <laughs> yeah. happen. And now you have no internet. And right. Or all the construction. Yes. They, they you know. the line. <laughs> yes. And so yes. it's just little things like that, that, yeah, it's just the stepping out and knowing that it's okay if it doesn't fail. Mm-hmm. So I just thought about a technology that you have to deal with that I don't think anyone else really does, at least at our school. I'm sure there's other, I know there's other educators out there to do that, but in addition to preparing future educators, you teach the human, is it human growth and development? Is yeah, that what it's oh called? Oh gosh, yes. And, and so they <laughs> I know have, where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> um, so her students have babies Yes. and they're different from like, when I was in school, we carried fake an egg babies, or something. Yeah, they were yes. fake babies. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. They're fake babies. I know. And, but now they're computer programs. So yes. tell our listeners a little bit about what you get to do with the babies, that the fake babies, that the baby dolls, I don't know how much you call them, that the students take home. How long do they keep them over uh, the weekend? They keep them over a weekend. Um, I have four. And so they kind of just, we just kind of go in shifts. Um, yes, and even those don't always work. Um, I did, uh, last year I had one, and he, uh, the fake baby was going home with the football player, and so I was like, okay, like, but, like, you have to take it with you and find somebody. Well, then I realized about 4.15 that I forgot to 
like turn it on so he never really got to go through that and then he had to wait till the next weekend but it was just funny just kind of going through all of that and um he what was all a, do you program them, them to do oh just cause uh, our listeners probably have no, no idea what we're um, talking about <laughs> i do because they're here in school yes. and so them in the okay process. so these babies are programmed to cry um and also they have sensors for uh when they go to the bathroom um, also their necks have a sensor, so you have to hold them right, you have to rock them, um, I mean, everything that you can think of a little baby, that you, uh, even feeding it, it has, uh, like a feeding and it'll make a little noise, That's so you know funny. that it's being fed, and the diapers have, you have a yellow and a green one, so it senses <laughs> whether you've changed it, um, and it does it makes cooing sounds it might just make a noise to make a noise just like any infant would um and then of course you know you can program it to like easy medium and difficult (laughs) and so sometimes i'll have a student ask to take it again on the difficult and then they come back they're like oh my gosh they woke me up twice that night and i'm like yes that's what it's like with a real baby so um anyway it's it's it it does interact as if it was a real fake baby. Yeah. We try it incorporates all of that fun stuff. Yeah. At least you don't have the spitting up and all of that. Yeah. So. <laughs> exactly. I always like when the baby's around. I ask if they can help them. <laughs> and, you know, the, the kids think I'm weird. But, you know. No, it's always a hot t- Or people walk by my classroom and they'll see and they're like, oh, is that a baby? And I'm like, yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. And they have their little carriers. Yes. And- yeah, we try to make it as real as we can. A good dose of reality. Yes. <laughs> For sure. That's funny. So, um, you know, we're kind of coming off of summer and all that good stuff. So I know that a lot of people think that teachers just kind of take the summers off, but that's not the case. There's constant growth and learning over the summer. So what is something that you've learned recently that you want to tell us about that you're excited about? Well, um, two things. Um, I spent three days in training for the Grow Your Own program. So um, just learn uh, TEA or the Texas Education Agency uh, did a rehaul on my whole curriculum and they revamped it, rewrote it. So they talked to us about the new TEAKs and things like that. And we walked through lessons and it's actually been a really, really good thing um, because everything is kind of pre-planned for us Mm -hmm. and uh, things like that. So it was a good change. So I spent three days in that. And then something that I never really had much experience with is um, your high advanced kids. Mm -hmm. So I went to training uh, this summer just to um, get the more knowledge about the kiddos who are high. I used to work with kids that were, you know, special needs or they were, you know, not, um, you know, a grade level behind their peers. So I didn't really have any knowledge about how to work with your advanced kids. So that's, I spent three days doing that as well. Wow. Did you do like gifted and talented? Yes. uh Uh-huh. The gifted and talented program. Cause I just didn't really have much knowledge about that. And so, um, with grow your own, I really wanted to learn more about that. So I can kind of help my kiddos understand every aspect of kids, whether, you know, they're in the special education program or, you know, they're gifted and talented. Yeah. Now, 
give us a little bit more, um, just for our listeners out yes. there who may not be part of Roy City ISD, explain a little bit of, more about what this Grow Your Own program is. Okay, well, so for Roy City ISD, we have started um, the P-TECH. Um, where the kiddos can get actually get your um, associate's degree while they're in high school. So that means that after high school, they really only have two more years to until they finish up their bachelor's. So Roy City got a grant from TEA, and this grant allows them to finish out um, their two years, and Roy City ISD will pay for them, but their college, everything from textbooks, tuition, all of that, but the great thing is, is they are hired as a paraprofessional within the district. And then they do their online classes at night. And for two years, they do that. And then they're guaranteed a job within Roy City ISD. That's pretty amazing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's the only kicker is they just have to be employed for two years with us. So wow. it's, it's a great program. Um, great opportunity for those yes. students as well. Absolutely. It's amazing. I'm uh, learning a lot about it this summer. It's just fantastic. Yeah. Um, with the teacher shortage, I think it's even more important to grow your own, you know, grow yeah. your own kiddos into the next generation of teachers and bring them back to the community that taught them. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yes. It's so excited. Um, so exciting for those kids. So, um, you already mentioned that one of your, uh, educator superpowers is building relationships with your students. And so one of the things we like to do is, um, also give our listeners out there who might not be, um, you know, Roy city employees, but what are some specific tips that you would give someone else to teach them? Like, what are good ways to build those relationships with students so they feel comfortable coming to you when they're down? What are some things that you would recommend for teachers to do? Um, I mean, definitely starting out with the capturing kids' hearts, just getting to know their name when they walk in, greeting them, uh, knowing their name, saying their name to them when you're talking to them, because that just that starts with making them feel notice and appreciative and then um finding just a little bit about them you know walking by and oh they're on the volleyball team when's your game oh awesome how's your you know how's the year going just little questions oh you like coke I like coke too you know Mm -hmm. and just finding that commonality between you and your student whether it's your favorite candy bar or your favorite tv show or you know, whatever it might be, just starting off something simple. And then you can really just talk to them and then they will feel more comfortable because they feel like they're seen. Mm -hmm. As where, you know, if they just walk into a classroom and you start lecturing, it, they may not feel as comfortable Mm -hmm. because it's like, okay, yeah, we're going to come in here, we're going to learn, but they don't know my name, they don't know me. So I really think we're just starting to get somebody to know somebody just by their name and just something little and start building from there really, really helps. You know, a a Crumb Squad member the other day made a comment in my class that I thought was um, really a great idea. They said that the teacher um, at the very beginning not only started getting to know their students, but they made sure that the students knew each other Absolutely. in the class too. So like they, they would have to go around and say uh, each person's name and different things like that. And I think that that's so important too. Absolutely, It builds that classroom culture mm-hmm. and then they feel safe. 
um, and not embarrassed, especially in high school, peer pressure, um, the fear of embarrassment is real. Yeah. And if you can build that classroom culture, just, you know, learning each other's names and, okay, give me, you know, just your favorite candy bar. And mm-hmm. you never know, you might match up with somebody else who likes Hershey's or Reese's. And then it just kind of breaks the ice a little bit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and I think the more of that also building the relationships with each other um, helps kids to see that they're really more alike than mm-hmm, they are mm-hmm, different. Mm-hmm. Even though they might not hang with the same crowd or be in the same extracurricular or, you know, whatever. I know when my daughter was in interior design um, and, you know, she was an honor student and took all AP classes and everything. And a lot of the kids who are doing more technical things as their pathway don't, um, that's, and they want their technical pathway, but she made such a family because Miss mm-hmm. Jones was really good about having them build a community and they're in classes that she was a lot more vulnerable with those kids and those classes. Um, than you know, maybe some of her other classes of people that she was in class with a lot of time. But I think it all goes back to that building that community, not just with the teacher, but with each other. Yeah. I think that's a really good thing that you brought up, Angela. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, it, for sure. Like you really do. Exp- I know from my class building that culture, yeah. you almost have to, cause we're together for four years. Yeah. And you, uh, a couple of your classes are even double blocked yes. too, right? Uh-huh. So they're in there two periods. Yes. And, and so, I mean, that classroom culture, you really have to embrace that because they need to feel comfortable because they're talking in front of each other. And, um, that's one beauty I love about my uh, you know, teaching is that I get to do that and I get to have them for four years. So you do, you kind of start off this shy freshman and then by the end it's, you know, I can't believe you're leaving and, you know, I'm going to miss this class and, you know, they still stay in touch even after, you know, high school. So it's really neat to see that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Lizzie, I am so thankful that our future educators get the opportunity to work with you as a teacher. I think you're doing an amazing job and um, have some really great ideas. So before we end today, um, we're just going to give you the last word. And I just want you to, you know, uh, if there's anything that you want to say or anything that you want our listeners to know, just end us out today. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't really... Have much. <laughs> you don't have much. What would be? So, <laughs> you have lots of things. What would be um, something that you would tell your students when they were leaving your program? Um, that even though the world seems big, you still have your family, and that's what I tell my kids the last day. You know, we um, I read to them. You know, Dr. Seuss of the places you'll go, and we cry, we laugh, and you know, just to know that even though um, the world seems big, you still have that small group, and we still need that small town feel, um, and to know that our little group is still there. Yeah. So I would say just find your little group. Yeah. Um, I think everybody kind of needs that sometimes because the world seems dark and scary at times. But when you have your little group, it seems okay. Well, that's great. Thank you so much for being here today. Angela, where can our guests find you in the Chrome Squad on social media? You can find us on Twitter at Chrome underscore squad and also at our website, www.connected.com. F-O-R-learning.org. 
And where can our listeners find you, Lisa? Well, I post out on Twitter, everything school related, at RCHS underscore Pogue, P-O-G-U-E. And we are also have a hashtag this year for our teachers. So it's hashtag Team RCHS. You can use that and hopefully find some neat things that are going on here at Roy City High School. Thanks for tuning in to RC Teacher Talk, a podcast for and about real teachers in the trenches. Hosted by Angela and Lisa, the Learning Technologies team at Roy City High School. If you're enjoying this podcast, subscribe, rate, and review us. Make sure to say nice things. Go Bulldogs!